0: Black Matter listeners, it's your host, Chaz Antoine. I'm super excited about episode seven, which you're about to hear in 10 seconds, but I wanted to definitely use this time to shout out Richmond Black Restaurant Experience March 1st through 8th, around the time that this episode is launching. You better make sure that you get out and support, 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 and eat at Black owned restaurants throughout the city. But also this episode is a special tribute to Black and POC owned restaurants throughout the country that not only serve dope ass food, but also create, sustain, and preserve culture. So, without further ado, here's episode seven of Black Matter. And by the way, if you've been listening to all six episodes, thank you because we've definitely improved. We are testing, 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 testing. Testing. We host the house. Ding, 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 ding. Sit down. Um, you can curse my podcast. You can talk how you want. You be yourself, but um. But oh, be careful with the table Don't we like happy shit, you know, you put your drink down, it's very delicate, so I put it down slowly. Put it down. But we can do a cheers. Cheers. Sorry. Yay! I'm with my queen, new sister friend, um, Abrams Polo. Hi.
1: <laughs> that's me it's actually Polo Abraham Bañuelos Garay Cortez yes that's what it is yes because
0: you know I'm, I'm not one of those girls that's going to be like we're here with AOC <laughs> 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 well shout out to Andrew for introducing us hi us Andrew
1: yeah, yeah shout out to Andrew even though Chaz and Andrew have never met in person um, but I love Andrew I love that fool he's one of my really 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 good friends um, but yeah um, love him so. Shout out to you, girl.
0: Yeah, and I think um, I would be remiss to say um, shout out to Amber at the ICA, um, Andrew's ex girlfriend, who went a bit like me back in the day. Well, I needed a place to stay in Portland uh, like a year and a half ago when I was going for a trip, and I asked Amber if she knew anyone in Portland because she knows everybody, and she was like, "Oh my god, I had this really cool friend named Andrew. You should meet him." I hit up Andrew, and Andrew was like, um, "I'm not going to be in Portland, but..." My two queer friends, I think you would get along well with, and the rest is history. And so now, um, fast forward a year and a half later, uh, Polo and I are sitting in Mexico City on a vacation because we needed a fucking break from work. So I um, am obviously writing my dissertation right now in isolation, and I needed a sister to just travel with. And why did you need a vacation? Um, Because I work too fucking much. (laughs) Period. Period. (laughs) Period. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, why is your boo not here you need it. because my boo also works too much Maybe. period <laughs> period serious school work work and work and that. that's it I don't need to say anything so
0: anymore. yeah when I was like hey girl like my screen break is coming up I need a travel companion you seem like you don't know what a work-life balance is so <laughs> we both decided damn to take is to that it. a read I guess so um, <laughs> but yeah I mean so far it's been going well I am glad that we both could kind of like hold each other accountable to take a break. Yeah. But I wanted to bring you on Black Matter because, you know, the show is a platform for Black and POC people to just, like, come on and kiki and talk shit and really just, like, talk about our dreams and talk about the world and the shit that we're doing um, that is, like, carving out new spaces. And I'm super inspired by the shit that you and Carlos were doing. Shout out to Carlos. Thank you. Your partner, your very sweet Bay, who couldn't be here with us, but maybe next vacation. Um, shout out to my bae, who maybe will be on the next vacation, too. Do you think we get along during doing like a couple's, is it called a couple's trip? I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> would we get along bringing our dicks with us? <laughs> that be, there
1: would be some, there would be some cattiness involved. I, I fucking believe that. Maybe. so much. I mean, we got two Gemini's, a Cancer and a fucking Taurus. So we got a zoo.
0: <laughs> there would be a lot of emotions and I know that I would not be it's the one having the meltdowns. No. Shout out to Cancers and their emotional asses. Okay. Um, you've already help. had like two breakdowns talk about this is my new life now like this, we're here till Sunday <laughs> <laughs> like get it together <laughs> this is my life <laughs> but yeah I mean I yeah I want this show to just be like a platform for POC black folks to kind of come together and just like talk about um, our queerness and how it is like existing simultaneously with the work that we're doing so basically how we're like queering some shit up Hell oh, yeah um
1: well, thank you, thank you for having me. I feel honored that um, you invited me onto your podcast because this is cool. This is something new for me. I've never been on anybody's podcast, so thank you. And now You're we can uh, we can talk some tea. I know we both got a lot of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's serve. Well, so, so far, how do you think the trip has been going? Uh,
1: oh my god, it's been fucking wild. Um, it's been pretty incredible because I've never taken a trip like this. So just being able to experience my culture, my fucking my my Latin roots just out here has been, you know, it's been a it's been an experience. We'll we'll leave it at that.
0: But yeah, and I also think it's dope that, you know, queer folks who don't make a lot of money and who are like really starving artists and doing their own thing and we're not working for the man. I think it's important that we think about self-care collectively, you know, like coming on this trip together and being like, look girl, you need a break, I need a break. And I think it's something beautiful that happens when um, two folks that are really working on their art practice and they're doing their own thing in their community, like decide to say, like, let's take a break, but like, let's do it together, you know? Yeah. Um, so I do feel like, you know, very warm and fuzzy about being in Mexico with my Mexican sister because this knows she's been translating for me. all <laughs> <laughs> And she says that it hasn't been bothering her. <laughs> but no it's cute I I don't (laughs) mind it I like it it makes me feel
1: more important
0: (laughs) Uh, oh and by the way for the the listeners who the non-queer listeners who don't understand the T we call each other she and that's just how it is and for the people that are you know, being like, what's their pronouns? My pronouns are he and him. My pronouns are they them. But we um, call each other she because we're sisters. That's right. Um, So if you don't understand that, then this is not for you. <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you for listening. Yeah, you can turn <laughs> on the radio now. This is my sister. We are women, okay? Femininity does not only belong to the cis woman's body and... You, homegrown, your palm's full, teach us that. Yes, viva la mujer, viva la mujer. <laughs> Fading right into that, so tell me about um, the name Mistacones because I want you to kind of give us a little idea of what it is. Well,
1: yeah, let me tell you let me tell you what Mistacones is actually. Yes. Give us a little bit
0: of tea about what you do and who you
1: are. Yeah, so my name is Polo Abram, uh, first and middle name for those of you who don't know. Um, so Mistacones is my business. My partner and I run a vegan taqueria. Um we slang vegan Mexican street food, um full flavor. Um yeah, that's what we do. And uh I came up with the name mistacones because it was something very personal to me. Um it's something that I identify with my queerness and my culture. It's a, for those of you who know the, the, the name mistacones, you get it right away. But for those of you who don't, it's my play on words. It either translates into my high heels or my big tacos, and everybody loves my big tacos. And if you don't know, now you know. So go to Portland and have some.
0: Um, why Portland, and what has been some of the like difficulties and joys of starting a queer POC run business in Portland, Oregon, which we know is um, not white. <laughs> yeah, um, white as fuck.
1: Yeah, I mean, the joys are everything. Like, honestly, like, just being able to do something that I absolutely love and that I'm so passionate. I've been a cook since I can remember. Um, So being able to uh, talk to people through my food and, you know, being able to share an experience with them is something that's super important to me. So having these tacones, um, you know, it's another way of communicating, even though, you know, I don't even have to say anything. I just feed them. And Mm. it's you know the food speaks for itself
0: and uh give us a tea about um running a business with your partner um running
1: the business with my partner um has been a really beautiful experience we have our challenges because we are partners in business and we are partners in real life um but the good thing about being latinx is that but we're very passionate about what we do, and we're very passionate about the way that we communicate with one another.
0: Um, and okay, I, hey, hey, we fight, and we love each other. Hell yeah. I we, have, when I helped you, when I was in Portland with you guys, setting up for the pop-up, like, you guys were so sweet and so hospitable to me. And then on Sunday, y'all, y'all were like, we're going to be cooking all day, so you need to figure out something to do. <laughs> Don't get in our fucking way. You Say your stay. ass upstairs. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, thought I was going to get some free samples and shit. And then you're like, and you need to take pictures for us because <laughs> you want to come. <laughs> you, I felt get very- to work, bitch. <laughs> get to But I felt very a part of the queer family because y'all were like, okay, you're visiting us, but like, do you want to take pictures for us? And I was like, yes. And then hearing these two like bicker, but like cook together and, you know, fight, yell at each other for packing up the car and all those kinds of stuff was really cute because it was just like, it it felt very real. And it feels like you two are doing something that you're super passionate about and you're not afraid to, you know tell each other what the tea is when it's time to hear
1: it no and of course not because we're both strong personalities and for all my Latino community out there you know for like my Latinx folks that are listening you know what I'm talking about you know where the passion comes from where it's like to some people it sounds like a fight but to my partner and I it's a conversation because Mm. this is how passionate we are about it um. So basically, what it comes down to is like when we communicate, we scare white folks because like <laughs> they're like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" They're getting loud, but it's like, like, bitch, that's just that's just how we talk
0: to each other. But um, if you are white and you're listening and you're in and you're in Portland, tell us about what, how they can support.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you can definitely find us on Instagram and Facebook. We are MisTacones PDX I'm not gonna spell it out. Look it up. Um, but I, you know. We're here. We're here for the community. We're here for the queers. We're here for all of our POC and small businesses. And, you know, we're we're out here for the community because the community has been there for us. So it's fun.
0: What is it like being queer um, and POC in Portland?
1: Being queer and POC in Portland is uh oh god, probably just a white. Um so that's huge. There's I mean cute, there's
0: cute things to do there though,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cute things to do because like the community that is there, the POC communities that are there are very special and their support is something that's super important to us. And it's also something that's very powerful that um that I feel but Portland needs Portland
0: needs to have this colorful and loud community What's the dream for you? So is the dream is to you guys have a GoFundMe going on right now you're raising yes. money to start a restaurant Yes um, Close your eyes and like take me kind of like you know five years from now um, and like where is Mista Cones if it can all go the way that you and Carlos want?
1: Well five years from now Mis cones is a Beautiful restaurant. You know, we have we have our kitchen. We have our dining tables. Yes, yeah, walking through. Walking through. Yeah, you know, that's that's it's a dream of mine. And Mistacones itself, like just like aesthetically needs to be very loud and very colorful because we're in Portland as P O C Latinx, you know, queers. We are you know we're not asking permission for your space we're taking up space we are building space we are creating space from what we have and so mista Cones is going to be that like we want to be able to host community events there you know we want to be able to share our kitchen for new small upcoming businesses um my partner Carlos and I, we didn't have that when we started. We didn't have that support. Like, we literally had to work for everything. Um, like, nothing was nothing was handed to us. And, I mean, obviously, like, we have to work. But we struggled a lot in the beginning. So, I want to be able to provide a platform for people who are also struggling, who are, you know, passionate about getting a business out. Like, if, you know, you want to start some food business, you want to start a, a food car a restaurant, and you need a kitchen... Go ahead, use my kitchen, cook in my kitchen, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I felt was super beautiful about Misakonis. So, like, a lot of my work um, as a scholar and, like, as a, as a media maker and artist is about kind of like, you know... Getting rid of the yardstick that exists in POC communities between like our POC culture and like being black or being Mexican and our queerness, right? And one of the things that I think that you and Carlos kind of um, capture so well, just in like the Misakonis, um aesthetic and the ways that you run it and the way that you're that you're dressed, even when you're cooking the food, is this like blending of um, Mexican culture and queerness, right? Like for when I look at you and Carlos and the ways that you guys run the business just from experiencing the pop-up once, I felt like there was no wall, there was no division between your queerness and and Mexican culture. And it really actually opened my eyes to see how like um, inherently queer Mexican culture is. And in my work, I would look at like the simultaneity of like blackness and queerness and how like being black, being POC, if you take our sexuality out of it, right? Being black, being POC, being Mexican, we queer spaces, like we reimagine, we reclaim, we take space um, that wasn't set up for us. And you guys are in like fucking Portland, white ass Portland, yeah, um, running this like queer business where y'all are showing up at the vegan spaces, which is like white, 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 you know, the caucasity, <laughs> the, caucasity the caucasity of, it all. of Vegan spaces, <laughs> and you guys are really like you know reclaiming your time, reclaiming space, and making it look so beautiful because it also gives Thank you yeah. like a one-on-one lesson on Mexican culture. And so I want you to kind of tell me about like, you know, let's talk more about that. So do you separate queerness from Mexican culture and how does it play into the space that you're creating with um, Misa Konez?
1: Uh, no, we don't separate our queerness in our Mexican culture. Um, at all, we we embrace it. Not only do we embrace it, we're extra loud about it. Yes. So,
0: which is and, really the, you know breaking the machismo kind of stereotype.
1: Yeah, yeah, because Mexican culture has a lot of machismo in it. Like if you go to a restaurant, it's usually like like men that are in the back. Like you know, just it's uh I don't know. It's complicating. It's just it's uh I mean for my Latinx folks, you know that. Mexican culture is very machista. So we want to definitely break those stereotypes. We mm-hmm. want to break those barriers. they like, you know, you know, especially about like masculinity and femininity and how to blend
0: it. And tell me how that has happened for you. Like, or I don't, I don't know how much you can speak for Carlos, but like, how, um, how did you get the agency and like the, the courage and the power to really get rid of the wall between queerness and Mexican culture? Um,
1: I just wanted to be myself 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, this is definitely on a personal level. I, I, I'm not fake. I'm not going to be fake with anybody. I'm not going to pretend that I'm going to, you know, do anything that I'm not, especially when it's something that I'm so passionate about. Like I love food. I love flavor. I love spices. Um, I'm a cancer. So I love
0: (laughs) emotion, emotion.
1: (laughs) And I put so much of myself into my food and my cooking and you know, it come, it, it shows, mm-hmm.
0: you know, what would uh, Misa Conas be if it was in Mexico? If it was in your, where your family's from, would it be harder? Do you think it would be, you know, easier to run it? I mean, there's
1: always its challenges. Like, I mean, like, let's say, for instance, if uh, if Mista Cones was in Mexico, like, yeah, I believe we would have our challenges. Um, but even then, you know, little by little, Mexico is becoming more progressive. There's a lot of progressive mentalities that are happening, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to like gender no, gender pronouns and everything. Um, and you know, I I think people will embrace it probably a little bit slower, um, but. It'll get there.
0: How have people in how's the Mexican communities in Portland um received y'all? Oh, they love us. Good. They love us. Cause they're ready for it. Yeah. If anything, we know, like, you know, being two femme queens, we know that the boys are ready. Yeah. They may not claim us in public space, but y'all, y'all, y'all love us. Yeah. Love us. I see the way that the customers were looking at you in the pops You know, and we're serving the food.
1: Hell yeah. I mean, they so, love that, so that's another thing. So is also comes with the territory. When I'm serving food, I'm wearing
0: heels. Yes. Like always.
1: like Unapologetically. Unapologetically. She knows
0: how to walk <laughs> in them. Then the, she has the top bun, which obviously I'm still trying to learn how to put these twists in the top bun. But yes, that's the part that like I love. As I said, like it, get rid, it gets rid of kind of the yardstick between like queerness and our POC culture, which I feel like, you know, in so many black spaces for me, I've had to kind of like, it's like playing like a DJ, like having to choose like, okay, when I go to the barbershop, I'm going to be more black. And less queer. When I go to the gay bar, which can be anti-black, more queer, less black. And I just love folks that are using like the power of the arts and foods to really like m- you know get rid of that and 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 be who you are authentically. Because I think in both of us, our queerness and our 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 culture you know exists simultaneously. So why not create work um, that? Like celebrates that. Exactly. So it it is really, really dope. Um, so I wish you all the best. Thank you. And I'm excited for Misa Conez. Thank and you so much. I can't wait to do live podcast recordings there. And I can't wait to eat for free. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> you get lifetime supplies. I mean Carlos already <laughs> Carlos already cussed me out and I wanted to eat for free the day before he was like, You want me to drive you to the airport and give you free food? What am I, your bitch? You know. I just fucking love seeing my POC friends like, you know, create ways to experience joy and make money, right? And so that's why I think it's really beautiful. Um and I think we just need more of this. We need more, you know, POC solidarity and I want to see more black owned and Mexican owned and you know queer owned businesses in places like Portland because like it's like you know you're being disruptive by being there anyway. So you might as well like get a building, yes, open up some shit. Be disruptive. And be disruptive. Be yeah. fucking
1: <laughs> loud about it. You know, where are your colors proudly, you know, just wear your identity proudly, you know, it's it's going to take you far.
0: And one of the things I do on the show, which is more like a fun um, segment, is I ask people to kind of tell like a she had the caucasity story. Oh, and because you talked about Because um, you talked about you know, being so unapologetically Mexican and queer, you scare a lot of white people in Portland, which we know is not um, a difficult task to do because of how white Portland can be Um, So, give us a caucasity story. Still the tea on when one of these Beckys or... Somebody had caucasity and really tried to try you. Oh, my God. So, Becky... (laughs) Becky came up to
1: me stacones. Oh, God. And we were having a special winter pop-up. So, we had tamales. We had pozole. We had champurrado. It's all bomb. Believe me. Trust.
0: It is. Um, I'm not even vegan and I'd be craving that shit. So, this...
1: Becky comes up and she orders uh, tamale and then she's like, how do I eat this? And I just gave her a look like, hold <laughs> on, what are you, why are you asking me this? I just didn't, un- I couldn't wrap my brain around it because I mean, I don't know. It was just, it was difficult. I wanted to tell her to just eat the husk and everything. <laughs> um, but I was polite and I told her just unwrap the tamale go ahead it's not hard just unwrap it it's fine it's fine we did this for Christmas our whole lives <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you had a lot of stories like that where folks you know because the, the vegan community in Portland can be vicious
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: for I mean, real so like have you had a podcasting situations where they really have tried you and you had to be like girl if you it know, wasn't in these heels because it just feels like the vegan community can somehow be a little toxic and the types of Questions that people were asking you at the pop-up. Yeah, yeah. What kind of oil is this? And it seems that they, like, sometimes they, like, don't trust that a POC space is actually vegan. Yeah, and it did feel a little like hmm, the white folks are asking you hello questions about your recipe.
1: Yeah, but you, you know it's uh, oddly enough it's like um, I, I feel like some of the I mean we received criticism for being vegan period, mm. and like one of the one of our critics was actually another Mexican guy who came up when we were doing an event for Pica. Um, it was their. Uh, tba thing it was with another group called young gifted and black they are fucking amazing also um so check them out look them up if you have time they are wonderful anyways so this guy comes up and he's like oh taco is great and then we're like yeah vegan and he's like vegan isn't mexican food like fuck that shit and you know it's just like educate yourself Mm -hmm. like mexican food can be vegan you know Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it can be bomb ass fuck too
0: that, yeah, that, I find that to be, like, interesting. Um, do you feel that, like, being vegan is 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 easier in Portland or is, like, difficult?
1: No, being vegan uh, Being
0: vegan and finding cultural food is what I meant. Because I don't know a lot. I mean, no. recently we have a few black-owned um, vegan spots. But I, I love to see kind of, like, vegan spots that have, like, a culture. Because one of the things that I would say is, like, a, a critique of mine of, like, veganism and vegan cultures is that sometimes... It is just like another way to gentrify spaces, and so these vegan restaurants will be charging hella money. Because as you said earlier, yeah. like being vegan is a privilege. Yeah, yeah. And we know that. And I get really upset when I see um, these vegan restaurants that are charging extra because it's like you know, just because they're slapping on the label. No, it's, it's, the like, it's like it's um, like farm fresh eggs. Like, bitch, whatever other ways do eggs come? It's like newborn scrambled eggs. <laughs> newborn. Twelve ninety nine. And so for me, I think if you're going to have a vegan restaurant, it basically should be a challenge to step your pussy up, right? Like if I'm going to pay for vegan food, I don't want that shit to not be seasoned. I don't want that shit to not No, so, you want authenticity. Yeah, I want yeah. authenticity. But yeah. a lot of these vegan restaurants are just owned by... Are medi- it's just another way to be mediocre and white. Exactly. And I'm and- sick of that shit. And so I love that like there are cultures that are building veganism, but keeping a close proximity to the culture
1: yeah i mean it's like so many places there's i mean portland has so much vegan food like i there's so much really good food in portland too but like when it comes to like Cultural vegan food. I don't think too many people are pushing the boundaries of that and like so for us having vegan Mexican food and having full flavored vegan Mexican food Like my hot sauce is not gonna be any less spicy to you just because you can't handle spice Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna make it the way my grandma taught me how to make it the way my mom taught me how to make it That's that's what you're
0: getting, you know, and I love that you're doing that because you know, I'm from Connecticut So another like Whiteville Pleasantville kind of place and I remember my friend who works as a waitress and she's actually Thai and she works as a waitress at a Thai restaurant in uh, Glastonbury. And she was telling me how like the head chef, they like make fun of how much they have to change the recipes because they're like, the white people that come in here are our main customers and they can't handle the spice. And in my mind, I was like, God, that really like, sucks because like my family's Jamaican like yeah. we are not changing the recipes for anybody yeah. It's like if you can't handle the hot ass jerk chicken don't fucking eat it but it does make me mad when you go to like a Jamaican restaurant or a Thai restaurant having you know they I'm have a, the I'm the a well-traveled girl eat. so I've been to Thailand I've you know I've been to Jamaica my family's from there so I know how spicy the food is supposed to be and for the folks that are going to those types of businesses for that Authenticity and like that authentic meal It's annoying when you're like I'm paying you know $15 for this And it's not how it tastes in the fucking Like actual cultural space And so are y'all like being mindful And saying like you know even though we're vegan We're not gonna turn it down because Because of we want you know we, a, a mainstream customer base. We are being mindful of Ourselves mm-hmm.
1: and our recipes. I have so much integrity when it comes to cooking. Good. Um, it's you know, it's my food. It's the way that I want it to taste. Whatever I want to feed my guest. That's, you know, you're getting you're getting a part of me. This is the way that I'm communicating with you. This is the way that we're connecting through the flavors that, you know, that I've created from recipes that have been passed down for my family. That's what's important to me. So I'm not about to whitewash any of my recipes. The only thing I've done is take the, my favorite dishes, my favorite Mexican dishes, and turn them vegan. Mm. So I can share that with people who uh, you know who are more conscious about life and sometimes more conscious about health because let me tell you just because you eat vegan doesn't mean you're healthy yeah I didn't
0: I didn't get that to drink (laughs) just because you eat vegan doesn't mean you're healthy (laughs) let me get one more drink (laughs) Um, here, I don't hear a lot of POC folks like talk about, you know, like, veganism. And so, do you find, since you said earlier, like, being vegan is a privilege, do you find that there is um, others that look like you that are in the space of, like, vegan pop-ups and vegan restaurants, or do you feel like it's kind of an isolated space for POC folks? Because I know black-owned restaurants. There's, there's a few vegan-owned ones, like, Baltimore, shout-out to Land of Kush, love them. Um, I was... Gonna pretend I knew more, but shout out to Land of Kush. (laughs) (laughs) Love Um, (laughs) y'all. Trying to think, like, oh, there's Addis in Richmond, which is Ethiopian. They have a lot of vegan options, but they're not completely vegan. I don't think. Um, so yeah, I know a few, but like, how has it been for y'all? Like, have you found solidarity with other POC vegan restaurants or or are y'all kind of like in your own lane?
1: No, no, no. We, I mean, we definitely have solidarity. I think with the, with the other vegans in the community in Portlandia, um, we're all really supportive of one another. And I think that's really important in a community. Strong,
0: strong too strong wait what are we drinking first of all we
1: are drinking some mezcal
0: tastes like bacon and tequila
1: there's, there's <laughs> mezcal and there is a worm on the bottom of the bottle because that's how you do it and is this let's do a little
0: commercial for that a commercial so
1: what is this made from this is good agave this is 100 legit mezcal de agave it's good. I just
0: like the little the smoky taste is new for me mm-hmm. but I'm into it you know I'm I'm, I'm cultured it's straight up from Oaxaca I'm all you yeah you know I wanted to get dark rum because I'm Jamaican and that's all we drink but she was like no you have to try this so it has a worm in it yeah I'm fine with that um, I stick with tequila, tequila the and smoky taste is new for me but I, I do enjoy it you know yeah. So, anyway, sorry. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. No, so, no yeah. Um, vegan and people POCs. Yeah, no, I think it's summers.
1: I think it's very important that um we all support one another. Um and that's been great. That's actually one of the things that's helped uh, Carlos and I with Mistacones a lot is having the support from other vegan businesses. Nice. Um like Food Fight in Portland is an all vegan grocery store. They've been that soft serve
0: ice cream yes Good. it was bomb as fuck it was yeah, bomb
1: yeah they've been up in action for like 15 years in Portland they've been in the vegan game strong not only that I mean they're like Portland celebrities mm-hmm. and you know they've helped us succeed so much
0: and the real reason why I asked you this question to kind of follow up on your comment that you said earlier about like being vegan is a privilege is like since you know that being vegan is a privilege and you live in an expensive ass town called portland let's talk about those prices okay oh my God. so are we going to make sure that you know the black girls can come in to not saying that all black girls are low income because we are not <laughs> did not mean to say that <laughs> and if that shit out <laughs> but are you going to make sure there's is there going to be a discount for queer and poc people and let the white people pay the most or like how are you thinking about but i think the real tea what i'm asking is like how are you thinking about prices seeing that portland is such a Highly gentrified, overpriced, like white people running too much shit kind of town. Um, how are you guys thinking about making your restaurant accessible to folks that look like you and I? Um, well, I mean, the I think what we already do
1: is pretty accessible. We just uh, we try to keep our food costs as low as possible. So, you know, we 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 have connections we try to go through like local vendors and stuff just to kind of keep our prices down because the last thing we want is to be that arm and a leg vegan restaurant that's in the middle of of portland there is definitely enough of those i mean vegan food should be more accessible and it shouldn't be as expensive i mean no animals had to die for your food i'm not (laughs) i'm not throwing shade on the non-vegans i'm not about that because to each his own and i understand the complexities of poverty and i also understand the complexities of privilege and being being vegan comes with great privilege um and some people some people just kind of like
0: overlook that sometimes and the thing about that why i think it's an interesting topic to like you know talk about vegan from a perspective of poc um, cultures is that you know veganism does come with a great privilege and that's why i always find that it seems like there are so many um, privileged people that are vegans and don't realize that it comes with the privilege and it takes certain resources and and, and access to be a vegan. And instead of them realizing that and using that privilege to kind of make being vegan and eating healthy more accessible and meeting people where they are, there seems to be such a culture of like criticizing people who are not vegan. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that is a bunch of bullshit that just like has been another way for whiteness to like, you know, take shape. Mm-hmm. in spaces that it's not supposed to be in. You know, it should, veganism should be about just encouraging people to to live fucking longer and yeah. to eat healthier and to... Just eat your
1: vegetables. Anything,
0: yeah, they need <laughs> to know where your, where your shit is coming from, right? Like, I'm probably like 60% vegetarian, will never give up chicken because I'm black. <laughs> and will never give up jamaican food which includes spices lamb goat, <laughs> oxtail right curry goat, all of it so i, mean, I think i'm like 60 percent because i'm i can be vegetarian when i want to be but like when i go home to my grandma's house so she's making stew peas i'm eating that shit right yeah. um but yeah i think it's an interesting topic because i you know for all the vegans that are listening like you know get off your fucking high horse and stop criticizing people because of <laughs> what they can't and what they cannot afford to eat, you know? Put it this way. If you need an example, put yourself in this situation. Let's say you're
1: in another country and you're staying with this sweet family and all they have to offer you is like some soup and the soup happens to be made with the lamb the only lamb that they had they killed this lamb they're feeding their family and they have this soup and this is all that they have from their hearts to offer you are you going to hold on to your privilege and say oh (laughs) no thank you i'm just going to starve you know keep your lamb all of this shit like no i don't i don't believe in that i believe in respect and i believe in the respect of other cultures and like if i were to find myself in that situation personally i i mean i would i would partake there's no way that i would you know break this woman's heart and not only that there's not the way there's definitely no way that I'm going to starve like I, I no know. I'm not going to start. so you, it's
0: safe to say to wrap this like part of this, uh, the show you're a foodie
1: I'm a foodie yeah I mean yeah, I, I love 100%. food tell I love
0: me, food tell me about day. like you know let's, let's Saturday night you finish a long day of uh, bending like you know <laughs> what are you and Carlos eating besides each other <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Wait, I feel like can can you be vegan and queer? Because like bussy is not vegan. <laughs> oh, is it? You went there. Is it? Is you it? went there. I don't think dick is dick vegan. This is a whole nother
1: subject. Is book. dick vegan? I don't know. We'll go to that conversation later. Is dick day. vegan? <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't know. I mean, for all of you vegans that suck dick, <laughs> you're not vegan, bitch. But it's okay. You're still vegan. Tell me I that. see you. I see <laughs> you. Girl.
0: Saturday night. What is like? What's your go-to meal? I don't give a fuck about vegan, non-vegan. Like, tell the girls the truth. What, are you, what is, like, your fucking, like, cheat food? Like, what are you eating when it's just, you know, Carlos is away on a business trip. Like, you're at home by yourself. And you're like, I'm going to fucking chow down tonight. What are you eating?
1: Hell yeah. If I'm gonna fucking chat down, I am going Take to... Take us there.
0: Take us there. What, is it hot? Is it cold? Ooh,
1: no. It's hot. It's is spicy. It? Mm. It's... Oh my God. It's It's rich. meat, isn't it, uh, bitch? Isn't it meat? No, it's not.
0: Stop it's not. fucking lying. It's not. <laughs> You're the lie. It's
1: some bomb-ass tamales, some bomb-ass vegan pozole, and everybody knows Mis Tacones has the bomb fucking tacos in Portland. And that
0: horchata's good.
1: Not, yeah, we Never also have the best good. Fucking vegan horchata in Portland Don't believe me, ask everybody else Don't believe <laughs> yeah. me, check my reviews Thank you It is
0: very good, yeah, get on Yelp like, should, let's, Can we look at Yelp right now? <laughs> Let me check the receipts What is this? Oh, what? Five stars? What? Oh my
1: goodness How did that happen? <laughs> awesome. You know how? Because it's love
0: It is love. So love. so you're a foodie, for sure I, I get the vibe from both you and Carlos like I love food I, love I feel like I'm a foodie too, I mean I know like my... Ther- I remember the first time I went to therapy. Shout out to black people in therapy. Love love it, love it, love it. And I think we... Get it. yeah. Get your therapy on. The first time I went to therapy, I like... Because um, for me, I'm a, I'm a snacker, right? Like I don't have big meals during the day, but like if I have to go to some shit that I don't want to fucking go to, like a meeting where there are more than five white people anything like that, I'm like, let me pack a snack, right? Like, Let me pack some chile I con love, mango. <laughs> I, love, I, love a, I love a brownie. I love um, the <clears throat> ginger slices from Trader Joe's. You know what my favorite snack in Mexico has, has been, right? <laughs> chile con mango. con mango. I fucking <laughs> love that shit. Like, I love having a snack. Having a snack in my purse like inspires my day, right? And I remember the first time I started therapy, the therapist when I sat down I packed a snack right and I walked in with my water bottle and I was so excited to just like you know pour out my life and have my granola bar It was. I think I had like a Cliff Bar in my bag and maybe like some salt and vinegar <laughs> chips because I fucking love salt and vinegar sh- chips shout out to my mom I love you because that's like our snack um <laughs> And I was just about to pull out my snack. And she said, you know, when we have therapy sessions, I'm going to give you some of the ground rules. And she was like, I ask that you come sober. And I ask that you don't bring any food because sometimes people use food as like a stress reliever. And that's not very healthy. And I'm looking at her like, bitch. (laughs) We're going to have a problem here. I'm stressed if I don't eat. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And the whole, when she said that, it literally like broke my heart. I was like, I have to sit with this bitch for an hour every fucking week. And I can't bring a snack like i don't know what she learned in therapy school but a snack helps me get through so <laughs> that's the one thing about therapy that i'm like no we should be able to bring a snack but apparently it like can it can lead to like stress eating it's and, a coping like, mechanism. and coping with food so I but i, I mean guess. i guess like okay in the white book of therapy 101 <laughs> maybe that's true but for me i can open up when i i think that people especially in, in you know POC culture is like for sure in jamaican families like you know I can spill the tea and open up and feel more comfortable for sharing a meal together. And so for me, there's just something that, you know, there's like a part of me that becomes um, more open. if like, we're sharing food together, we're breaking bread together. So I like to bring a snack to therapy, but she was like, no.
1: Yeah. But no, I get that. I mean, food is a, food is a very uh, intimate part about having a special connection with somebody. It's, it's um, you know, food is a, it's, it helps you socialize. To me, food makes me even more social. I love That's I, I love having somebody over for dinner and just like carrying on a conversation about you just whatever the fuck is on your mind. Let's talk. Let's fucking eat some tacos and, you know, let's, let's,
0: let's kiki, girl. Speaking of kiki, so tell me about you in the sense of like, what are you into? What do you do in Portland? What's the tea? have y'all found like your your community there
1: yeah i mean so myself i i do feel that we found a community about i've i'm speaking for myself i do feel that i found a community there's um i have some really sweet people in my life um what i do in portland besides doing mis Tacones, um that's that's my own thing that's my project that i'm building um i'm a chef uh, i work at omsi which is a Oregon Museum of Science and Industry if you're familiar uh, I'm a cook there um, I do that full time and then we suck one part time part time
0: what are the boys like in Portland?
1: hot mm-hmm. Uh, no, there. no, 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 no. I'm going to go back because I'm giving them way too much credit.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's you way would...
0: too many white boys. Uh, and we... let's, right? Let's, let's go. Let's so, go. yeah. So you identify as a hoe. <laughs> right? Right? Hoe for show. Hoe for show. <laughs> You're in an open relationship, right? Yeah, we're in an open. What's that like? In the sense of, like, you know, navigating uh, queer spaces, you know, not fucking the same people or doing it, like, whatever. But, like, you know, take us into uh, the day in the life of y'all as, as much as you feel comfortable.
1: I mean, day in the life is like, we're both, you know, we're, we're human, you know, people love sex, and I think sex is beautiful. There's something about a special intimacy with a person, and I'm a person that believes in connections, and I also believe in giving yourself... Um, Giving yourself love and why are you going to deprive yourself something that, you know, feels good to you? Human connections, human interactions are very important to me. So you can have a connection with somebody that like, for instance, you meet, you meet somebody, you hook up with that somebody, you've already established this connection. Whether you see this person or not ever again, you will always have that special connection. And it may be something that's so special to you um, just because of... You know, the sex was great, or this person, like, you know, kisses you a certain way, holds you a certain way, whispers something to you in a certain way, or just fucking hits your prostate a certain way, (laughs) where it's just like,
0: oh my god,
1: bitch.
0: Because um, Portland seems to be, like, a pretty kind of queer-centered, progressive city. Like, yeah. everybody's, you know, eh, fucking... Yeah, it's very like, sex-positive. Yeah, sex-positive very... is a word. And, you know, there's lots of bathhouses. I know Carlos is doing an a, um, a organizing program with bathhouses, I saw, on yeah, Instagram.
1: it's called Proyecto Bathhouse. So you can find it
0: on Instagram. Yeah, I feel like you two are, you know, a very... Um, you know, just just a cool couple that's like in Portland. So, do you find that you the type of relationship that you're in fits in with with Portland's culture, and that you guys like find a community there? Um, or, you know, what's you know what's it like? What's what's Grinder giving on Portland? Is what I'm saying. Uh, what is Grinder? Yeah, what is Grinder giving? Because you know, Grinder in Richmond is giving like I think black boys are beautiful, but I'm really you know looking for more masculine. Do
1: you want me to be honest, far yeah. parts This. I mean, this is real though. Tell the There's just there's so much whiteness in Portland. There's so much white supremacy when it comes to the sex life of gay men. Yeah. The fucking we're white, by yeah, it. white supremacy in gay culture is alive and real. Believe me when I tell you, the profiles—no fats, femmes, Asians, or blacks is real. Fucking exist in Portland, oh, yeah. it's a fucking piece of shit. You'll have like people, oh, I'm not racist or anything. I just don't like femboys. I just don't like femboys. Oh, I just have a preference. You mm. prefer to only fuck white men. <sighs> you are fucking racist. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what does that, what does it feel? Because like, you know, there's, there's so many intersections that happen with, between you and Carlos. Like, you're lighter, Carlos is darker. And so, do y'all have these conversations around like, you know, colorism and how like certain guys may find Carlos hot, but not you or like the vice versa and how like, there is this like, I don't know who who, I, who identifies as... I don't know
1: Yeah, I I'm, I mean, I definitely say them. Carlos identifies
0: as he, him. But you seem to be... By stereotypes, not by what I think, but, like, I feel like, you know, gay culture would see you as more femme than Carlos, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean,
1: I'm definitely more... I'm definitely more femme. Carlos is more... So masculine. how does that complicate the way that y'all are... Open? Like, um, Carlos... Carlos has the... You know, he's da- he has darker skin than I do. And... People fetishize that a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. Like people either only want to fuck Latino men because they're just like, oh yeah fucking Latin lovers, so passionate, so hot. And then they'll be like oh like they want masculine men. And then they you know it's like well what about what about the femmes? What about what about the femmes that will suck your dick real good? Fucking tickle your balls with your with their fucking tongue. What about? The femmes that are going to fucking make you
0: come in a heartbeat. To quote something, slap that booty, give me a spank, spit in my <laughs> call me a skank. Put it in my butt and put it in the bank. Tug on my weave, this pussy dank. Can't forget me, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm top of the chain. All you other top hos, of the chain. Stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane, ho. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a little teaser. Um, back to regularly (laughs) scheduled programming Uh Um, but yeah I mean tell me about those complexities because I I love talking to you about this because you know for I think for so long in my childhood more like you know my youthful years I definitely like always knew that I identified as femme and knew that I was like yes a black man um, but didn't identify with like um, what Uh, I was supposed to be as a black man. Like what my mother was telling me to do. You must play a sport. You're not supposed to cry. You're supposed to be hard. All this bullshit that I felt like was just not the masculinity that I fit into. Um, But knowing that I fucking loved black men, right? Mm -hmm. And so always having this like kind of um, weird tension between like, I love black men, but the black men that I'm surrounded by, I don't identify with. So what does that mean? I still am a black man, but I'm, I'm femme. I'm hard femme, right? Like I don't mind gender, but I love having a friend that embraces it as well. And that is like, look, I'm, I am I am femme and I'm fucking killing it or whatever. But like, is it hard? Um, Identifying as femme in spaces like you know grinder, bathhouses, etc. For you, in general, I mean, I
1: mean, there's a lot of really fucking badass femmes that I love and appreciate so much because they're always going to be super unapologetic. they're They're visible. They're visible. Yeah, they're loud. They're colorful, and that's what I love, and that's what I respect because to me, femme
0: girls, we do it better. Yeah,
1: femininity is. Power femininity is so empowering to me. It's so important and so special to me. And these fem girls that you know, they get what they want. They're they're in control, and I love that. And I respect that. And I mean, fem girls aren't for everybody. No, 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 no. We're when not. But neither
0: are fucking mask ass. I don't cry niggas.
1: No, 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 <laughs>
0: like, no. <laughs> I wanna cry. Like let's watch some lifetime movies together, <laughs> right? Let's let's watch Waiting to Excel and Cry. It's for real. Like, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't I'm sick of these spaces where like when a man cries, we like fucking celebrate that shit. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, when I've been with a guy and he cries, I love that shit because it's like, you know, let go of that fucking toxic masculine yeah. bullshit and be it, vulnerable. The most beautiful thing is to suck a guy's dick. Who is, like, trying to undo himself from these toxic behaviors that says he can't be emotional, he can't cry. Like, like I am over that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely have went through lots of therapy where I was super attracted to men that were emotionally unavailable and were masculine, right? Like, don't talk about their feelings. Don't cry. You know, don't call you back.
1: Oh no, yeah. <laughs> Don't text
0: back. Like fuck that. Like yeah. and I just think it's beautiful that we, you know, it's not beautiful that we're in a space of like, you know, me too and, you know, this era of like, you know, unearthing um men that have just been shitty and have gotten away with it. But I think what is beautiful is that it's challenging, you know, men to really like embrace um the the side of them that is like Yeah, the softer side.
1: This the, the, the side, side that's seen as feminine. And I yeah. think I think I mean, I think every man has that femininity every man has that in him and just you know some release it in a very beautiful way and some just don't and remain toxic and remain this fucking trash that is fucking polluting our fucking lives and the only way that
0: this shit changes is if you know girls like you and me um, call their ass fucking yeah, out and
1: stop, and, and,
0: stop, <laughs> and stop hooking up with them That's really yeah I saw this quote from the governor of California he was on The View shout out to The View I fucking love The View well not Megan McCain but I love <laughs> The View you go to it. <laughs> yeah, of Joy shout out to Joy Whoopi and Sunny Megan McCain and the other one who nobody knows uh, but anyways this quote from the governor of California he said that um, in society we don't value what we feminize and that was really fucking powerful because he was talking about like you know um, emotional availability, um, empathy, um, you know, free expression, um, you know, caretaking, like all the things that we feminize, we don't value. And when he said that, I was like, those are the qualities that like I want to find in a man. Like, Those yeah. are the qualities I want to find in a partner. Um, someone that is, that embraces the, the masculine and feminine side that it, I think does, as you said, like exist in all men. So I think it's beautiful that we're at this time where I feel like People are like, no. Nah. Yeah, we're seeing it more. Yeah, yeah, and we're at this moment where we're like, you know, fuck men that that don't want to, you know, live in their truth. And you won't get any pussy from you. Won't get any pussy if you don't <laughs> if you don't fucking cry, nigga.
1: It's like go ahead and wallow in your toxicity. Like everybody sees how fake these toxic men are. Not only that, it's just like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just toxic masculinity is gross i personally don't identify with masculinity at all whatsoever i never have um it's never been a relatable topic for me like mm. ever since i was a little kid i was playing with barbie dolls and and you know that was that was my go-to trolls and fucking barbie dolls <laughs>
0: Troll? I don't
1: like troll. I'd, I'd braid their hair. <laughs> yeah, I didn't
0: know how to do any hair. Yeah, <laughs> but then get their hair done.
1: Use my little markers to like paint lipstick on them. <laughs> oh my God, I was such a little femme girl when
0: I was a kid. <laughs> Take me like a hundred, one thousand years, however you want to go, wherever, wherever you want to go. And I want you to kind of like tell me, what are your dreams? Like, what are your dreams for the world through a lens of like blending queerness and Mexican culture and all that makes you, right? Like, what are your Mexican boy dreams? Oh, my goodness. I what mean, does the world look like for you a thousand years from now? my God. Uh, besides global warming. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I asked, if that wasn't in the picture. I ask people these questions because I think that for Black and POC people that are out here making their dreams come true, right? Like starting from the bottom and making your own restaurant um, and, you know, having love in a hopeless place that is like the white supremacist queer culture and finding a partner that is beautiful. This question, because I think it's important that we think about our dreams and the things that we're manifesting and putting into the world, um, and how that will change the world, even when we're not here. Yeah. Right. And so, what are you doing right now that you feel like even when you are dead and gone, it's gonna change the fucking world? And what what are your dreams in, in that in that sense?
1: You know, I want to in this world, in my lifetime, I want to contribute as much of my soul, as much of myself into the things that I do. I want to be able to leave a mark that way. And I know so many other people have done so and so many people are doing it. And I commend you. I fucking applaud you for just being yourself, standing up for your rights, standing up for a queer right, standing up for women's rights. Standing up for the rights of all people of color, um, you know, there's a beautiful spectrum out here and I think it should all be appreciated. And I hope down the line, you know, that that only strengthens, every, strengthens uh, everybody's, you know, communication wise, there's always going to be different religions and stuff. And, you know, and that's and that's fine. You know, culture is something beautiful. Um, so just like embracing your culture embracing your roots and fucking you know you have the world in your hands you have your destiny at your hands you manifest what you put out and i am a huge believer in manifesting things and making things into your reality you know say it out loud speak it out loud um if you have an idea do it if you have an art project create it if you have a you know If you have a story to tell, write it, you know? There's absolutely nothing holding you back. And I hope that future generations just see how powerful and how important this is going to be to impact the world and impact the youth and impact the people all around you. Because every single person that you will meet, you will have some kind of impact on. And it's up to you to make that impact positive and important and so that's what i want to see in the world i want to see more people
0: with that mindset Mm. so so where are you and carlos um, or you you guys are old like where are you in the world we're happy. We're retired. We're in Mexico. Where you yeah.
1: You're in Mexico. <laughs> We're in Mexico. It's been a. It's been a dream of mine to come back here. Yeah, to come back here. Um, both Carlos and I have a dual residence, uh, residency. Yeah, yeah. dual residency. Yeah, hell yeah. We're dual citizenship. Dual citizenship. Um, We we both do me on me by default. Both of my parents are born in Mexico. I'm first generation born in los Estados Unidos. <laughs> Um you going to
0: open up a bathhouse here?
1: <laughs> I'll open up a taco bar. We'll start there. <laughs> uh, we'll open up a taco bar outside of the bathhouse. Did
0: I get it right? Look at the bun.
1: Cute. Yeah, there you go. Effortless. You weren't looking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the key. Uh, you have taught me that the key to making a cute bun with these twists is... Not look in the mirror. Yeah, don't yeah, look I'm in the mirror. Just you... like, I'm just like going to the store, yeah, you know? Just, just I'm just like, gonna pick up the kids. Grabbing so you hair up Carlos off. are moving back to Mexico when you retire, right? Yeah, I would love to. That's 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 my goal. Oh, my so God, I, you God, know I training. love fucking queer POC love. So Carlos is your forever man. I love Carlos. Forever man, right? He's, he's my boo. I mean, this is on a this is the archive. Carlos is my boo. Okay, yeah. yeah. And like, you know, the seekers out the bag. I fucking love your boo. I do. Carlos like, is a sweetheart. I just want him to be my best friend. <laughs> I feel like he's not that into me.
1: <laughs>
0: well, really not. Gemini and a yeah. fucking Gemini. We're both Gemini. But like, if you're listening, Carlos, I fucking love you. You're gonna get through this MFA, pull resources into your business, and you know. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Carlos. But you cut your weave off and I'm mad. Oh my about God, that. I can't believe it. But- I can't believe he cut his weave off. But, anyways, I love him so much. Yeah. And you both are like. Yes. amazing. I don't know who the fuck like sent Andrew into my life to. you know. It's destiny, the universe. It really is because you know I was going through a moment where I was I was I was yearning for this type of connection, and so I'm so happy that it, that like it occurred. And I just, oh, girl, thank I you. I know, and I really I believe. I love
1: you too. <laughs> and I,
0: I do. I really believe in kind of like I manifesting <laughs> things because you were telling me like Carlos said like I think that's really true that like it's hard to find friends, um, in the queer community that like. You're not interested in fucking them, but, like, you just want to, like, build up. You family, want to connect with them. A, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to go to the bathhouse together and do yeah, this Yeah, I mean. But, like, I definitely, like, wanted the friendship that you and I have. Thank and you. then okay. And then it happened. And so I think that that's just, like, so beautiful. Um, And we need to kind of, like, manifest this so that it happens more often. Because you made a really interesting point the other day, like, when we saw... Um, I don't know where we were. Somewhere, you know, we're such, you know, globe trotters. <laughs> we were like somewhere in Mexico. City. Somewhere in Mexico. City. Yeah, yeah, we were like getting off the plane. Or <laughs> I don't know. Well, we saw like a, a group of queer men, and they kind of like gave us dirty looks. And we were like, oh. oh. And you hit it on the nail, like in the point that you made around like. Why does it have to be like that?
1: You know, like, why
0: is why it why,
1: are, why are gay men so catty towards one another? Because the
0: way that white supremacy, like, comes into our community and tells us that, like, you know, we need to police each other by our body type or by how masculine we are. Yes, we... are feminine we are. Yeah. And I think I had dealt with a lot of that shit and was just really hungry for, like, a positive, beautiful, like, can-be-myself relationship with mm-hmm. other queer folks and... Wasn't finding that. And I think there's this, there's this stereotype that we hear, right? Like if you come out, your life just like gets better, and you like find your community. And not everyone's coming out story is is that. No. Especially for me. No. Like being black and coming out, I felt like I connected with a lot of like white folks um, that were queer, but like, you know, there's a there's a shit ton of black men that are queer that don't, you know, have a positive coming out story. Yeah. And so and the cattiness that happens was really discouraging
1: yeah i mean it's yeah we were we were actually on the rooftop of the airbnb where we're staying at in mexico city and uh this uh these like these queer queer guys came out of the the elevator and we were like hey we're like hey and they just gave us the most fucking dirty look and i'm like bitch you don't know me i like i mean i didn't say that but i wanted to i just give them this look like what why are you so rude why can't you be like hey girl come out with a smile greet me like i see you girl i see your queerness Mm -hmm. i see your fucking you are covered in fucking rainbow i see you (laughs) why be a bitch to me if you don't know who the fuck i am where do you
0: think that comes from though? like why are we not all of us we're not we're not a monolith but like why are so many of us like that um, especially because, like, at the end of the day, the cisgendered white dude, like, sees us as all faggots. And so, like, why are we, like, within our community? Why can't we, we, we be supportive? Yeah, why right? can't we be in solidarity? It, it does bother me that, like, when we're in a foreign country and you see another queer person, we can't be like, hey, girl, it, it, you're right. Like, it, it's hard to make friends sometimes in our communities yeah. because of how catty. It can be. I I like wish. Where the fuck does that come from? Yeah, I wish it was as
1: easy as like. And I know y'all can relate to this because if I am, let's say for Portland, for instance, this is one of the whitest fucking cities in America. I mean, there's there's worse out there, and I'm sorry for you that live there. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry for you, Becky. Sorry, but <laughs> okay. So if let's say for instance, if you're the only Mexicano, or if you're the only, if you're the only black guy, if you're the only like um, femme and you see another fam, you see another black eye, you see another you wanna Mexican. Celebrate that shit. You be, you you kinda make eye contact and you already instantly have this communication where like, Hey, I see you. I you know, like you smile at each other. You may not communicate, but just like like if I walk into, you know, just like a random restaurant and I see another like Latina, I'm just I'm going to we connect instantly just eye contact and it's like that. And I wish that the gay and queer communities were more like like were more like that like hey, I see you instead of oh bitch, you're competition. <laughs>
0: like no, well, we're yeah. Not, like what gym do you go to? Man? Seriously,
1: like we're not competition. We are fucking we are family yeah. isn't that what gay culture is supposed to be like i've i've had a lot of friends you know i've i've actually met some people who have been like i see you girl you're mm-hmm. family like straight up call me out because i cannot hide my femininity i cannot hide my queerness i wouldn't even try if i could no, hell no
0: and it, I mean, it's a it's an interesting topic because for me, it's like I you know being a quote unquote scholar academic like I want to pull as much resources from the academy as possible and give it to as many Black and queer people as possible. And I want to see I want to see restaurants like Misa Kona's doing well. I want to see Black-owned businesses doing well. I want to see queer businesses that have. Black people and queer people and Black queer people all like, you know, fucking breaking bread together. And so for me, I really think about diversity and inclusion from a place of queerness and from a place of Blackness. Absolutely. At the end of the day, I want to come home. I want to be home with y'all. I want to be in solidarity with Black femme folks. And so when I see another Black femme man, like being catty or like looking at me strange, it's like, damn, girl, like, I fucking, yeah. I don't even know you. I don't know your story, but I know I fucking love you.
1: Yeah. It's I not, I know I love you. And it's for never you, like, I,
0: I'm not competing with you. No, I'm not, not your enemy. All. I'm it's
1: your like, fucking sister. I,
0: yeah. I'm your yeah. sister in solidarity. And so, you know, I think as a, as a, as a queer community, as a queer POC community, especially, we have to like get that shit together because yeah. that's some bullshit. You know what I mean? And so it hurts my heart when I like see another like femme the community and I'm like hey girl and it's like uh? uh, uh yeah give uh, you a look fucking it's like no. bitch like you need to that's like you know something we have to um we all have to address we yeah. have to address yeah and it's. I think it's hard work and I think that having spaces like Misa Kones will address that shit and um, you know having events and having these types of conversations between yeah. POC communities coming together I think it help um, address it but it's definitely something that I feel like we don't talk about enough and I I like that you bring it up. Thank um, you. And I think it's interesting to, to really explore
1: it. Yeah, I mean, a part of uh, a part of embracing your culture is also embracing community. Mm. And, you know, you need to have a community. Everybody needs to have the support group.
0: And a home base.
1: Uh, yeah, everybody needs to have a home base. I don't believe anybody can say that they can do anything like that. On their own and yeah. I don't and I don't mean that anybody's like not capable of doing like we, we all got we, here from yeah somebody. We, we did but you know we all we all had support we all had that one friend or those two friends that were there. They're like, yeah, bitch, I believe in you. Like, I, you can do this. I'm so fucking proud of you. You know, even, even if it's just that praise that you get from your best friend, from your sister, from your brother, you know, just some, that somebody believing you just to kind of give you that spark, that is something that's so important. And I feel like everybody should be that person. If everybody was that person, we'd have such, a, you know, more powerful connection with one another, with other queers, with other people of color, like, let's not fucking tear each other down. I mean, the white fucking people do that already enough. Like, I'm done with that shit. <laughs> 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 Serious fucking shit. Oh my god. I can get so heated about this topic. I'm no, just it's not true. going to, because it's something that's very special to me, you know? Mm. It's very important.
0: But well, we know we're doing it. We're in Mexico City. Yeah. And we're doing our thing. We're taking a vacation together. I think it's so important to experience joy and solidarity. And I think it's beautiful that like we decided to take this vacation. We made the work, you know, we found the Airbnbs and we're doing it. And I think that like, you know, let this be um I hope that this inspires other, you know, queer folks to engage in self-care. Um, not individually, but like as Agent Marie Collectively. Brown, yeah, collectively. Adrian Marie Brown is a dope author who taught me that around like experiencing self-care um, t- together in solidarity and holding each other accountable. And so I hope, I know that drink is strong as fuck, right? Oh my god. You <laughs> saw my face? <laughs> I'm fucked up, bitch. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I sincerely mean it. Like I fucking, I love you. I'm glad that we came on the trip together and I think that self-care needs to be just as important as, like, the work that you're doing. And I think that, like, we have to hold each other accountable for this. And I know that, like, we bugged each other about finding the Airbnbs and booking flights and all that stuff. But I want you to really think about, you know, this aspect of your life, taking vacations, taking breaks, taking time to think as just as valuable as working and starting the restaurant and being present for your boyfriend. Yeah, you know, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And if anything like you know next year make sure Carlos is here, but I think that we should make this like an annual thing. We we deserve all the joy that we can achieve. Together. Exactly. And I think it's beautiful when we do this together. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like Where are we going next year, bitch? Oh, my God. We got to find... We're going to Oaxaca. Oaxaca, That's where we're going. We're going to fucking Oaxaca. Hell, yeah. And so with that, we will end this episode. Um, We love y'all. Gracias. Yeah. Stay tuned for the next um, episode. And, um, you know, next year we're going to Oaxaca. Carlos is coming. Yes. Um, Hopefully my boo is coming as well. Um, Hopefully at that time, my boo will still be named (laughs) or, or, you know, right now. We interrupt this broadcast of Black Matter to make a correction in the archive. Chaz is no longer seen. I am an ally that has been summoned from the academy. I sincerely apologize for taking up space, but sometimes some things just need to be wiped out. While I'm here, I would just like to say... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, right now. <laughs>
1: I love I'm sorry for that. <laughs> uh, I love you. Two, We yeah. haven't met yet, but I love well, you. whatever. So, I mean, you um, know, my
0: boo yeah. can be whoever.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyways. Uh, um, we, we love a good long weave. <laughs> good weave. So, anyways, um, that was this episode of Black Matter. And I thank you guys for listening. Black PLC, queer folks that are listening, um, white folks who are listening, you can donate um, to our podcast. Um, you can donate to Misa Konis' uh, group our go, go find, find me. Go find me right now. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, we love we love you and
1: Yeah. You can, uh, you can find us again if you if you if y'all forgot already because this has been long. <laughs> uh, it's Mistacones PDX. At, it's on Instagram and it's on Facebook. You can find us there. Please donate, share some love. Um, we also appreciate feedback, and yes. we would love 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 to see your beautiful faces. And if you go to Mistacones and you heard this podcast, like let us know. Like oh my god, girl, I want I I want to see your beautiful face. I want to know. Who who you know? Who's been a part of this journey for us? Quiero los amo como dice Walter Mercado con mucho 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 amor.
0: Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.